Welcome to The Maker and The Merchant with Fergus Elias and Lee Isaac. So, Ferg, here we are. We have another very, very high-profile, high-quality guest. One can only assume he's not listened to this, otherwise he wouldn't have agreed to come on. Um, Ferg, who are we about to speak to? Well, we're actually going to speak to the incredibly talented and rather handsome um, general manager uh, of Everflight, uh, which is a beautiful, beautiful vineyard with a really interesting clone mix uh, in Sussex, um, right under the Devil's Dyke. Fabulous set of clones, fabulous set of wines now that have come from them. So um, a rosé and a brut, so a sanier and a, and a brut, I believe. Uh, and it's Luke Spalding. Um, yeah, can't wait to get stuck into this. Uh, as you know, I was there um, last year helping at Harvest. The wines are tremendous. The site's great, as you said. Um, let's get into the interview. Ferg. I, I think it's uh, it's up to you or me as hosts of this absolute shambles to introduce our guest and say, hello, Luke. Hello, everyone. How hello, are you? Luke. <laughs> hello, Ferg. Hello, Lee. <laughs> hello, Luke. How are you? I'm all right. I'm good. I'm fine. Well, thanks for, we thanks for coming on. Our... The end. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on our loosely wine-based podcast, Luke. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I was actually I, I was just listening to the one that you just did before, um, um, and it was too late to back out. And I was just like, <laughs> "Oh, we're talking about Wisconsin." <laughs> we, we hit on some big themes here, yeah. um, and funnily enough, scones will come up. Oh, you see what what's happening? You know, we we talk about like the history of of Italy, like Barolo, especially. And we go, "Oh, there was a huge division." when they brought in new oak and it should have been new oak and old oak and families were torn apart. And we talk about, you know, in, in France, the Napoleonic laws of inheritance and in Burgundy specifically that there'd be two brothers and they disagreed vehemently on viticulture and viniculture and that would split the family and they'd get half the vineyard each. I think the secret unknown division in English wine is, is it jam or cream first on the scones? I don't like scones. Well, I don't like cream. So it's always just jam. So it's just jam. That's any kind of cream, or just just potted cream specifically. Just jam. Is this is this like a I don't like dairy thing? Have you got a oh, problem with cows? No, I don't have a problem with cows. I don't have a problem. How with do you cows. feel about milk? I just, I just don't see the point of cream. That's the milk. Do with it. Like make it into <laughs> cheese. That's a very strong argument, actually. Oh, I quite like cream. It could yeah. have been cheese. It could Good have been point. cheese. What, what, do you, what, do you what? dislike raisins for the for a similar reason? Like these could have been grapes that I could have turned into wine. I actually don't like raisins, which is quite funny because <sighs> I do like growing grapes. Um, but yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's all it's all coming out, all coming mm. out here, Ferg, isn't it? That's this is what's what even more. Spiting. What's even more ridiculous is, and Luke doesn't know this, but this is the third time the top of the show has been dominated by cream, jam, and scones. Um, because Tommy's episode that hasn't aired yet, but goes out later on this week, or two weeks ago, if you're listening to this <laughs> as a podcast, um, also may or may not have touched on scones. I can say that. It's not a spoiler. It's out there when you're listening to this in two weeks' time. It is, Luke's, um, um, you know, I'm I glad we cleared that up. 
I'm just going to go straight in with the big question. You know, you don't like cream. How do you feel about malolactic fermentation? <laughs> um, I, I actually quite like it. I think England needs malolactic fermentation quite a few times. Some people might might kill me for saying that. Oh. But... I've, I can I've, think of I can think of an Irishman with a dog who might be a bit pissed off if you with that view. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I do, look, <laughs> look, I think I think I mean malolactic fermentation has its place in some wines and in other wines it doesn't. I think in English wines with our high acids, I think sometimes you just need to round it off a little bit and do a little bit of conversion. But yeah, Amen, that's well, that's what I say. So acid acid can indeed be too high. You heard it here. Yeah. You heard it here. Have we, um, do you think we've sort of reclaimed that acid? So a decade ago, that was the, the stick that a lot of English wine was beaten with, right? Oh, the acid's too high. Um, we reclaimed it a bit? Probably, probably a little bit. I would say there are still some winemakers there that are blocking a lot of the malolactic fermentation and some of the wines produced further up north probably should look at doing malolactic fermentation a fair bit. Yeah. Without being too controversial here. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't think you've been it, controversial. I, yeah, think, I, I think, think that's safe ground. I mean, you know, Everflow wines, we, we do full mallow. Mainly because... <laughs> It kind of works for us in terms of our low intervention style. Um, so we won't naturally always promote it, but we won't stop it. And okay. most of the time it will just go through, especially on the barrels, it goes through quite quite easily. Um, I think the clay went through this year as well um, without needing to be started. And then I think the steel we normally start, we get it started. But obviously, our wine is made by Felix, who's a Frenchman, and you cannot stop a Frenchman from doing malolactic fermentation. <laughs> now, no, that's the no. name of the episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> you cannot stop a Frenchman from doing malolactic fermentation. It's true. You just can't. It's can't. And I tried to do it once. I tried to do it once, and he actually did a whole series of tests to prove to me that I was wrong. And, they, and it was right. But it was mad that he went through that this is... entire thing, this whole like like trial, without even asking him to show me that it, I was wrong. And that's dedication. That's dedication. That is cause of that my is life. Real so, dedication. Yeah. So is yeah. is there an element here of like so? So we're still in many ways trying to identify a, or establish a personality and a character for English wine as a whole. Which is, which is a bit of a hiding to nothing in, in a sense because all of the wonderful producers got each have their own identity, but you, you want to build an, an overall identity. Yeah. Is, is there an element of certain people you know, perhaps kind of chasing a style rather than saying, what does this individual wine itself need? Oh, fuck. <laughs> um. <laughs> I know I said let's let's set an agenda, but I didn't think we were going to have this in depth conversation. I, <laughs> I, I didn't either. I'm, I'm just going. Oh, I, I could possibly ask a question that might might make it sound um, like I know what I'm talking about. I was getting ready for my new favourite game. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, look, I don't think I, I, I think I think I think we're getting close to having some kind of county division, mm-hmm. or at least regional aspect to it. I don't think we can call. I'm going to say it again. I don't think we can go 
wholeheartedly behind Sussex as a defined thing because I can tell you there are about 10 or 15 different styles going in Sussex right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, a lot of terroir I'm, there, isn't there? There is, there is quite a patchwork of different clays. <laughs> I'm going to start a off mosaic. Clay. There's a lot of clay in, in, in Sussex. There's not a lot of chalk, but there's a lot of clay. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a big hill with a lot of chalk in it, but other than that... There's, um, there's a lot of clay where people clay. kind of get their feet stuck and never get out of it again, isn't Yeah. It? Yeah, there is. So, um, and that obviously has an effect on the profile of the wines anyway, straight away. I mean, look, Everflight, we're, as I've already said, we're 100% malolactic fermentation. Then you go down the road, there's two or three people doing like 50 50 or 25 75. And then there's some other producers doing 100% blocking. And, and that and alone creates completely different styles, no matter what the fruit quality is. So, I don't think we can say there's a a big a big overall style i think there's some re- good producers producing some really good stuff and now what i would say consistently producing good stuff but i wouldn't say there's an overall country theme yet yeah i don't know ask a winemaker he's probably got better <laughs> knowledge than me i just grow the, i just grow the grapes <laughs> well we all know that wine is made in the vineyard don't we ferg and you 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 just rely on yeast you lazy bugger <laughs> Absolutely. And as we all know, I have no opinions whatsoever on anything <laughs> remotely related to Sussex, PDOs or an- anything, really. I, in fact, I just I, I just take a real lev- live and let live approach to all things um, English wine. Charmat, well, knock yourself out. Carbonation, even better. Let's <laughs> have we thought about bag in box. <laughs> what I was going to do was just... Unleash your grenade of dosage and then leave. But um, we haven't got time. Chasing the zero. Chasing the zero. I mean, right then. Is chasing I'm, I'm the calling zero this meeting to order. Chasing the dragon. <laughs> hey, look, we're getting close. We're getting close. I think our late, one of our latest ones we produced was one, one gram. So that's pretty damn close. Uh, yes, yes, another wine sweat. producer obsessed with how small they can make their dosage. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that, balance? Th- did you know that a wine producer's dosage is inversely proportional to the size of? No, anyway, sorry, that's uh... <laughs> anyway. So, um, listener, we've, we've already gone off topic. Ferg, please take control of this this absolute <laughs> debacle. Uh... Dear listener, thank you so much for tuning in. As you may have gathered, uh, or may not, because it might not be an English wine, um, our guest today is the wonderfully talented Luke Spaulding. What is your job role at Everflight? Because you seem to do everything. Everything. Um, Everything. I'm general manager. General manager. Is is everything. Or, you know, have a part in most parts. I mean, we've got a good team. We've got Sam and Ben, the owners of Everflight. Um, they do so Sam's kind of like the events and marketing and social and basically half books up my, my diary in terms of events and tastings and all of this lot and it just tells me where to go because I, I need that um, which is good and then you know, organises these fantastic tasting events as well uh, in terms of the collections and then Ben is basically I my my so I have a meeting with Ben and I have to go into that meeting pretty much with everything ready to go because he is like he he needs to know 
he has so many questions going on. You can see that he understands it all. And he's like probing for detail of where we're going to go and how we can pivot. So, And I've learned nice. a lot from Ben probably in the last two years about business. So I am a general manager. I did a talk at Plumpton the other day and I said, I am no longer a viticulturist really. I'm more of a business manager than a viticulturist. Which is a bit of a shame for me, but also it's good for me because I'm actually broadening it. Yeah. So yes, vineyard is about 40% of my job. 20-30% of my job is sales. 20% of my job is wine. And then the rest is tours, tastings, admin, HR, contracts, all of that stuff. Kosh. Yeah. <laughs> Kosh. <laughs> First aid. <laughs> Have you yeah. done your HACCP plan yet? Uh, I, I, I like the fact looking. that it's abbreviated to COSH, because COSH is what you use to hit somebody with repeatedly until they yeah. don't breathe anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. And then also, like, let's not even start about sustainability certifications, which I still haven't That's right, we'll come great. back to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, I've got, like, it's on the long list, mate. It's all, yeah. yeah, it's all coming. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, that's, that's, that's my job. General manager, strength viticulturist, and then helping Ben and Sam basically get Everflight starting, to the shape they want it to be. You're starting to sound a bit, you know, Robert De Niro in Casino-esque. You know, you, you, you've got lots of job titles because that way the, the, the board don't cotton on to the fact that you're not I, certified I yet. did see, when I was at Everflight, I did see a very large vice attached to a table. Yeah, uh, and and somebody was cleaning up the general area, and I've just put yeah. two together. I, I think I think I said at the start of this, didn't I? How much I respect and admire Luke Spaulding uh, in in every <laughs> oh, possible way, not not just for his multiple roles in English wine. I mean, he, he's a very handsome it. and accomplished man. At least he didn't sound like Al Pacino in Scarface. I mean, Christ. <laughs> well, yeah, it was the multiple jobs thing. It just, you know, I, I always, I always like to refer to, to, I like to think of the food and beverage manager, and then, and then the bits where he's doing all the other ones, and yeah. that was sort of where my head was going. Yeah. Although, um, also, again, when I was there uh, at Harvest last year, Luke did hold up a very big pair of secateurs and, and say the phrase <laughs> "Say hello to my little friend." <laughs> and, and, and then there was someone who 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 didn't do their picking very well, and we didn't actually see them again. Shame I, I think they just left, or something. I, just, uh, you, I, I hear they're off to nah. um, so, Yeah, go on, Luke. I like to play. I've got a new game, <laughs> um, yeah. and I'm, I'm not sure how much <laughs> Hannah's going to enjoy this because she's she's there, isn't she? Just in case you say anything controversial in I mean, inverted commas. She's trying to ignore us. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so this game, because you're a man who is forthright in his views, this game is called Lukey Do, Lukey Don't. <laughs> it's a game of black and white. Luke. Okay. No great. What we'll do? I've broken it. No great. Because there is no grey in life. There is good, there is bad, there is right, there is wrong, there is this, Sussex, this and there is no PDO. 52% um, and 48%. Yeah, we voted out. That means fuck. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you say we, you mean the general populace. He's, he's not referring yeah. to the two hosts of this programme. 
like it. Uh, I think you'll find that we're the um, liberal elite. Oh, um, yes, the so, metropolitan liberal elite. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so what I've done, I've sub- subdivided this game into sections because this way we get to build a picture of Luke the man. Um, so the first section is called Life. Yeah. And you've actually answered one of the first questions already. Um, so that's good. Um, but what we'll do is we'll go through life. And what we're trying to do is build a picture of what your life is like, what your what you, what your what you do, what you pa- your passions are. So I'll give you a list of things. You say Lukey do, Lukey don't. If you don't do it, you don't. Then you say Lukey don't. But you have to say Lukey, otherwise it doesn't count. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> okay, First one's easy though. Cream first, then jam. Lukey don't. <laughs> Cornish pasties. Lukey do. Lukey do. Interesting. Lewis. Lukey do. Yeah. Nice. It's a nice town, isn't it? Nice. Nice. Oh, I, sorry. I, I thought you meant that TV show that was an offshoot of Inspector Morse. That was, I was going to be most upset about that. But, sorry. Wasn't Lewis, wasn't Lewis. No, that's the other one. Um, <laughs> exactly. Sussex PDO. Lukey don't. Yes. Uh, Kent PDO. Doesn't Lukey exist don't. yet. Doesn't exist and shouldn't exist. Crouch Valley PDO. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. Def- possibly. It's the Lukey do. Possibly. Lukey do. Yeah. That's I, great. I sort of... That's great. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, that one. That one is come to me in ten years' time when they've ripped up all the German clones. You come have a um, video, don't you? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Darnabol, Darnabol Bacchus. Bacchus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that has pertinence. Yeah, uh, flat white. Lukey don't. Absolutely not. Lukey don't. Oh, interesting. All right, brunch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time, Luke do. Luke do. Nice. So from this, we can now extrapolate some things. Uh, you like a Cornish pasty. You like a brunch. Yeah. Do you have them at the same time? No. <laughs> what are you? What sort, of a deviant, what sort of deviant wouldn't have them, would have them at the same time? That's I mean, even that's more ridiculous than disgusting scones. So you live in Sussex. What is Sussex life? Let's let's take you out of the vineyard. What's what does Sussex life look like for you? Uh I mean it's pretty much vine central. Uh vine and wine. Um I've recently nice. discovered I've got sixty eight bottles in the house of wine. That's- Fair collection. Yep, so that's a fair good collection. So that needs sorting out this year. Um, don't You've drink got to work through that. Yeah, well, I don't no. drink enough. Um, and then, um, yeah, we've just moved to Ringmer, which is outside Lewis. That's pretty good. Oh, I love Ringmer. Yeah, it's nice. Beautiful biggest, town. Biggest village, biggest village, though, apparently. It's like one of the biggest villages in the country. Really? Feel it, but apparently it is. Doesn't look it. Uh, okay. No, so, nice. no, that's pretty good. Um yeah, I definitely think East Sussex is a lot nicer than West Sussex. Or Mid-Sussex, yeah. I should say. 
cl- the closer to Kent, basically, you are, it's just the better it gets, right? I <laughs> 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 <into> that one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, honestly, I, I mean, we probably leave, I, I leave quite a normal kind of boring life. I am literally always about vines. If I'm not doing stuff with vines, I'm thinking about vines. If I'm not doing stuff, thinking about vines, I'm thinking about wine. That's um, not boring at all. Have you, have no, you considered, um, you know, living where you do, have you considered taking up campanology? Because because then you could ring my bell. <laughs> no. No. Um, well, meet... I mean, honestly, no. <laughs> I've my my life. Oh, I like cooking. Cooking's good. Cooking's good. Cool. What's nice the go-to Sunday recipe? Sunday roast. Sunday roast. Which, nice. which is your meat preference? Beef. 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 Buff. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Magnifique. <laughs> Excellent. Where did, where did this sort of fascin- fascination with vines and wines all start? Uh, well, with wine, it's told my father. So same same for for Ferg and I, I think. Yeah, he he, he has a lot a lot to answer for. So at the age of twelve, he started basically watering down my red wine, and giving me red wine on a Saturday when we had roast dinner on a Saturday. Um, and then I used to go. So my mum and dad are divorced. So I used to go down to my dad for the weekend, but go back up to mum on the Sunday. So we'd have the roast dinner on Saturday. So yeah, and so he started watering down your wine at twelve. Before, were you just was he just giving you Pinot Noir or something? <laughs> he didn't start me until twelve. Or was it eleven? I can't remember. But anyway, um, and then yeah, with that came the whole story. Like every single time he had a wine, he'd crack it open. We'd talk about the location, the region, the wine, and everything, the history. A lot. He was a big history buff, so mm-hmm. it normally ended up. Going back to World War One, Two, Napoleonics, uh, nice. Hundred Years' War. <laughs> yeah, these so. are all my favourite wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Who, which was the best war? World War One, World War Two, or Vietnam? Uh, yeah, uh, I choose D, the Second <laughs> Punic. Oh. So was, it, was 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 your dad sort of fairly clued upon? Well, so aside from the history, was he like kind of clued up on wine? It sounds. I think he had his favourite. I think he's like an old, what I would call an old, old wine wine buff. Like he had his favourite few regions that he just keep on going back to. I drank a lot of Chianti, like between the ages of eleven and eighteen, and probably a lot of Barolo, and oh, yeah. Nice. But uh, and then he obviously liked his French, and then. And then after that, I suppose I went to uni and um, went to work in a wine shop. So that's where it really kicked off. So at 18, I started a job in Rodney Dempson Wines. Oh, wow. And that's, and that's where it all started. And then I went into London, went into publishing, and always kept on drinking wine. Everyone would ask me what to drink when they, we went into a restaurant or a bar. Um, and I could talk forever about wine, but nothing else. And then, and then, literally, I just decided. Well, I went to um, Raymond Blanc's place, uh, Le Manoir, Le Manoir. I got to, to the Somme, oh. and he. And I think, well, how old was I? 
God, that was 2012. Well, how old would I have been then? 28. And he basically said, you know too much to not get into wine. And then I went and did my WCTs, passed my level two. And then the next day when I found out I'd passed my level two, I quit my job in publishing. Wow. And uh, with no job to go to. And that was the most stupid thing I've done. (laughs) It was bold. It was bold. And, um, yeah, and then I I had to move back up north with my mum. So I had to leave London. Couldn't afford it. And um, started working back at the Ronnie Dempson Wines, which is where I started my kind of journey at 18. Hmm. I went back at 28, 29. Wow. And and then that was it. Got got hooked again into wine, and uh, did all right. Did okay. Passed my WSET level three, and that's where I found out about vines at that level. Mm-hmm. And I realised I didn't want to be a wine merchant for the rest of my life, and I wanted to grow it. I think I saw a program about like who interviewed. Or I, I saw a YouTube from an American grower. I can't remember the vineyard, and basically we were talking about how it's so cool to have, be like the first person to be at the beginning of the wine's journey. And I was kind of like, that was it. I was hooked. <laughs> and nice. then I, I saw an interview. I think I saw an interview with Mike Roberts from Ridgeview soon after that and him talking about how low intervention and basically trying to reflect the vineyard in his wines. Mm. And then I got hooked even more. Um- I mean, that was what it. a man. Yeah, like, like pioneering, crazy. And then, funny enough, I tried to get an internship either in America, New Zealand, or England, and I sent about 150 letters out. And I got about a few replies from New Zealand. I nearly, nearly got a job in Finger Lakes in, in New York State. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would have had to have asked my mum for a lot of money. And she'd already bailed me out quite a bit. And I was just like, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't put it for another year of potential. <laughs> like, crap. So I was just like, all right. And then and then I got two two calls from people in the UK, and one of them was Matt Strugnall at Richview. Uh, yeah. And then uh, and I went down to and, and he said, don't worry about an internship. Do you want a full-time job? And we, I came down for the interview, and I didn't think I got it. I thought I had too little. I had no experience in viticulture, and then I got a phone call two weeks later saying I got the job. Wow! I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so my mom, my mom still had to bail me out because I couldn't afford the deposit on my one, my box room in Ditchling because Ditchling's quite expensive. <laughs> Ditchling is not cheap, is it? Uh, I was, I was literally paying. I think I was paying five hundred pounds a week a month for a box room. Jeez, like I think I think from where from Ferg from where's Ferg sitting? Well, basically, probably back to that door. That was my bed. Hmm. Yeah, it's like you <laughs> box room. I couldn't swing a cat in it. Definitely couldn't. No. Definitely, definitely couldn't have anyone over. Was, so, was uh, there was there room to eat a pasty in there? No. Jeez, I mean, you get crumbs everywhere. You'd be like, <laughs> were you able to put a coffee machine in so that you could make flat whites and then just pour them away? <laughs> Which is what you should do to a flat white. What's your obsession with flat whites? What is this? I really know a flat white. You... Where, where wine people should be just be like 
black, strong. Yeah. Mm. And that's that's it. <laughs> you know, that's... Yeah, too much man. You know, yeah, no man lactic fermentation in that one. Yeah. <laughs> he loves to no, it had two paracetamols in it. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> instantly started dissolving. It was revolting. What, what I, I mean, there's, there's so much to unpick from this that we'd be... Be recording for yeah, yeah, but we can't I think, do that, I think, Lee. I think I think a key takeaway here is your life could have gone gone in a very different direction. You kind of you know you were exposed to Chianti at a young age, spent a lot of time drinking it, and you've become a viticulturalist. You could have very easily become a sociopath, and I think <laughs> the, the fact that you've chosen not to do that is a huge testament to who you are. And Ferg's questions were designed to get to the very core, the beating heart of Luke Spaulding. And I think he's done that. Oh, great fun work. fact! Fun fact: In uh, the original books, it's not Chianti. It's not. It's Amarone. It is. is it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Thomas Harris wrote Amarone, and Jonathan Dem, when he wrote the screenplay, uh, changed it. Said no one. I thought no one would know what Amarone was, so he changed it to Chianti. But I, I, that's a damning testament now, isn't it, to Chianti? Because the only thing Chianti's actually known for today is Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there you go. So Anthony Hopkins' best Oscar win in that film is the second shortest best actor win of all time. He's on, he's on screen for about 13 minutes of the two and a quarter hour runtime. I, I am great fun on a night out. I know that. Say. Yeah. Fuck me. And the whole, uh, um, brilliant. There you go. Ferg, sorry, back to you. That, that's what wins back Oscars you, though, isn't Ferg. it? In the <laughs> Sorry, right. I, qu- I quoted longer than I'd intended. Say, Luke, we're now moving into the next round of Lukey Do, Lukey Don't. Sorry, sorry, just describe this for our our dear listener. Luke's got his head in his hands. He's just, he he looks distraught. He's he's wondering why he's agreed to this. Fabulous time. I should have opened a bottle of wine, I think. That's why I should have. What, you haven't got wine open? I'm. Two thirds of the way through my bottle. (laughs) (laughs) So we move on to people. So this section is all about getting to know the people that have helped develop you, Luke Spaulding, into Luke Spaulding of Everflight, food and beverage (laughs) manager. Um, and, And so we'll start off with some classics. Jamie Good. Vicky Do. John Pollard. Very much so. Vicky Do. Yeah, he's a cool guy, isn't he? Uh, I've got uh, Hannah. What, my Hannah? Obviously. Well, yeah, obviously Vicky Do then, doesn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, I just have to check these things, you know. If, if Hannah wasn't in earshot, would that be? <laughs> not four <laughs> times. She's not, she's not here. She's not here. She's left the building. Uh, <laughs> I swear. I need the detail pretty quick. Uh, the man from the wine standards board. Nicky do. Mm-hmm. They're our friends. We like them very much. It's always yeah. a pleasure to see them. Would you like lunch? Uh, Lee Isaacs. <laughs> it depends how good the edit is on this. Not very. <laughs> yeah. 
Leaky do. And then the last of them, Felix. Oh, yeah, Leaky do for sure. Nice. So here we built a picture that you like viticulturists, you like winemakers, and for some reason you like Lee. I mean, only if he does a good edit, Frank. If he doesn't do a good this edit, is, yeah, but I, I did point this out at the start. This is black and white. It's yes or no. You've said you've said yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like that Arnold Schwarzenegger quote when he says, "Oh, remember when I said I would kill you last? I lied. Yeah, remember when I said I'd do an edit?" Yes. I lied. There's no edit. I, I don't know what an edit is. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, no, Jamie Good. Obviously, uh, I I wondered I wondered about Jamie Good. I I thought you probably would be Lukey Do, um, because he is he is big on regenerative viticulture. Regenerative oh. viticulture, which is something which I know you have dabbled in a bit of a penchant for. Dabbled. Um, dabbled. Perhaps you could tell us more about regenerative viticulture at Everflight and and what you've implemented, what you what you've learned from that. Uh, potentially, we could talk about the sheep. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> the ups and the downs of of of, of Sussex viticulture. Uh, Did you like the bit about the downs? The downs. Oh, yeah, the little pun there. That was pretty south pretty good. downs. Pretty good Very clever. Um, Danker. Uh, right, okay, so Regenerative, Jamie Good, let's tackle that one first. Nice. It's a very good book, yeah. uh, good intro, um, and probably talked to quite a few of the good people to talk to. So, yeah, it, it did a good job of that. I think what I find with Regenerative Viticulture is there needs to be more science, and as he is a doctor... Maybe he is the man to really start digging down into the science for Vitti because mm. we definitely need it. Um, ever flight now going straight back into that, so I'm not trying to go down a rabbit hole too much about Jamie Good and regenerative stuff. Um, I think, uh, with, with ever flight, it's been a challenge, so it's it's um, it's an interesting site. Uh, in the in Sussex, it's on it's on it's on clay, uh, like a lot of Sussex sites, and clay has a challenge, to say the least. So um, likes to grow weeds, which is a problem if you're trying not to use herbicide. Um, can can get frosty, uh, so you might have to light candles, which is burning paraffin. So that's probably not the most sustainable. But as I always say. If I don't like the candles, I won't have a crop. So they tell me which that one That in itself is not sustainable. Yeah. Uh, and I can't use sprinklers because it's clay and it'll probably be waterlogged until until harvest if I use the sprinkler system. So I can't use that. So what I found is with viticulture, and someone said to this me, you can make one, you, every solution will create a problem. Okay, so if I have a solution in the vineyard, it will create another problem for me. Uh, but if you make a bad decision or bad, you, make, you, you put in, implement a bad solution, you'll create two or three problems. And I think that's the same with most things. But with viticulture, it seems to stack up pretty well. And I think with, with, with regen, I've found is sometimes the solutions aren't always the best. 
and they sometimes create more problems in our climate than maybe other climates because our climate is a little bit crazy. Just a smidge. Just a smidge. Look, this is my 10th harvest. I've not, um, this year, I haven't seen a single harvest like the same. I've not seen one harvest like another. Like every year has been different. The climate's been different. The weather patterns have been different. The buds have been different. The shoots have been different. The canopy's been different. The bunch sizes have been different. The disease pressure's been different. The crap we have to go through every year has been different. Mm-hmm. But we've still come out of it with, you know, Bob maybe. Actually, I don't I look touch wood. I haven't had a like I haven't had a 2012 in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I haven't had an absolute oh fuck! What was that kind of situation where everyone has got their heads in their hand going? I never want to see that again. I I yeah. think we came close last year, funny enough, and mm-hmm. I think 21 for a lot of people was pretty pretty rough. But we actually were all right. We were actually mm-hmm. all right at 21. So no, um, Vitty Vitty's fun. I'd be bored if it was. If I, I sometimes think if I was in the south of France or America, I'd be bored. I think that's. I think that's true. It, it it's a bit easy over in the south of France, isn't it? It's just yeah. dry. It's hot. super dry. Super dry. Super. Super. You know, just dealing with liquid. Yeah. And winemakers must be bored as well, for mustn't they? Because you know they don't have to do anything. They just get perfect quality well, yeah. grapes. Fruits right in. every year. Every year. Yeah. Perfectly right, no civilization. Oh, oh look at that. They're just, they're, just, they're just Jamie Oliver. Jamie Oliver, <laughs> don't they? Go, yeah, bis bash bosh, put it in the pot, pucker. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's for That's me. basically it. And, and they all just buy a load of packet of yeast, and that does all the lifting anyway. Yeah, yeah. there you are. You see? Yeah, yeah. piece of cake. Um, thank you. Well, see, people, Lee laughs at this game every time I use it, but I actually think it's really good. Uh, so we've covered off people. And yep. We've had a nice discussion about the pitfalls and and the highs and the lows of regenerative Vissi. Um, We're next look, going to sorry, move into sorry, the six. Just, just, just before we move on from people, um, who do you think is the, the biggest chancer of a winemaker named Fergus? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, I'm not no, 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 Lukey, oh. do, Lukey, don't. You've got... <laughs> oh, that was a very poorly phrased question no, for a game of no, Lukey, do, uh, Lukey, uh, don't, wasn't it? <laughs> look, he's wearing a branded T-shirt. I might get, I might get sued by someone who's got but, a lot more money than me. I mean, he is, no, he is just, good, he is, mate. he is just corporate. He is just corporate Fergie calling. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He's always uh-huh. he's always got his blue sky thinking out of the box, you know. Yeah, pulling yeah. Up trees. I, I like to look at problem uh, look at problems from thirty seven thousand feet, um, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. then get really Very granular. far away from them. Yeah, yeah, in business class. What I like to do is cause the problem and then get very far away from it. Yeah, and forget about it. Yeah. Well, the less said about the um, the Helsinki incident of two thousand eighteen, the better, eh? Well, we all remember how that turned out, don't we? Yeah. Um, mm. and, and, and actually, sorry, folks, because this is... Um, no, no, no. The, the game fine. is excellent. But, um, Luke, because I think one of the, the interesting things about sustainability from, from reading Jamie Good's book is the suggestion that it's kind of like a, a toolbox rather than a prescribed, like, you must do this here and, and so on and so forth. 
for, for English wine producers who are maybe new to sustainable or, or new producers, what are kind of the easiest wins for them in terms of becoming more sustainable? Not not to cheapen it with the phrase easy wins, but what can they do that's relatively straightforward just to set them on the path? Um, it's a oh, crikey, that's a big question. Um, so I, w- I would say it all depends on the producer in terms of what they can afford to do. Mm-hmm. So um, I sometimes coin the phrase, you can't go green if you're not in the black. In other words, if you're not making money, if it's yeah. like touch and go every year anyway as a conventional mm-hmm. like viticultural business, stroke farm, stroke uh, wine producer, then probably sustainability may not be the best option. Somewhere in between could be. But to go fully organic, say, I'm going to get probably uh, some people says no, Ferg, hand down, <laughs> hand down. <laughs> to go fully organic, if you're say verging on profitability or in a loss, and you haven't got extra mental amount of funds to see it through, probably don't do it because this climate will bite you, and you will lose crop very easily like i like i, I t- touched on 21 21 you literally could only make one mistake and if you made that mistake you were going to lose everything so and that was with conventional so can you imagine what it was like with organics or biodynamics or regen it was pretty tough pretty tough come on ferg yeah go on uh, go on uh, my 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 question is um uh, got that glint in your eye <laughs> one too many flat whites that's does, the problem does, does, <laughs> is it not a false equivalency to say that organic viticulture is in itself sustainable no because it might not be economically sustainable cool thank okay. you that's all I needed to know um, so like environmentally <laughs> yes there's a lot of points to organics and a beer like ridiculous to say that organics isn't sustainably environmentally. Of course, as long as you don't yeah. use copper. I, if mm-hmm. you're using copper as an organic producer, I'd probably say it's not the most sustainable way to go forward. But I, I would question the the economics of it. I would question the economics. Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 like some producers will make it work. Some producers can. Yeah. yeah. Um, by, but sometimes they get hit really hard, and it's whether they've got enough money in the bank to withstand maybe one, two years running. Yeah, you know, we 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 constantly have two year two years running bad bad climate bad conditions. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's feast, English wine for for most of my career has been feast and famine. You know, it's been yeah. Years yeah. of of it being really tight, and then all of a sudden, an eighteen comes along, and and you fill the tanks. Don't then... forget the amazing vintage of twenty three. Oh, which is the best vintage, best very French. The the approach we've taken, isn't it? Is it is the best vintage we have ever seen? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not, yeah. In, in yield in yield terms, it's probably the best. It's probably mm-hmm. the best. I've, I, it's not probably the best I've seen in yield terms for me personally, but it's 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 it's, it's yeah. in yield. Quality was a bit. Ropey in places, though, wasn't it? Yeah, we did it right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So did we. I've just, just a, a broader, a broader theme, essentially. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyway. Um, should we move on to the next round? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this round, this <laughs> round <laughs> is called Wines. So this is about <laughs> philosophy yeah. of wines. This isn't specifically, you don't need to see yourself in Everflight shoes necessarily, although if you want to, you can. But the game is Lukey do, Lukey don't. And the big emphasis here is Lukey. Um, so we'll start with SO2. What about it? In wine. I mean, it's needed. So. Y- yes, do. L- Sorry. Do. Yeah, Lukey do. Thank you. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> Bacchus. Uh, no, abs- no. Look, I mean, does it have to be black and white? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, of course, after we've done Lukey Do, Lukey Don't, you will have an opportunity to then expand upon your answer. So it's po- point, explain, example, link, only we're doing the point, then another point, then another point then another point. Then we'll do the example explain link. Lovely. Right, okay. So on back as Lukey Don't. Lukey Don't. Excellent. Divico. No. Lukey no. Don't. No. Yeah. Um, well, I already know the answer to this. Dosage. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> wait. Wait. If you haven't got balance coming out of the vineyard, what are you doing? I like like where you're coming from there. Wine is made in the vineyard. Wine is made in the vineyard. So, Lukey, don't do... Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Uh, Wild ferment. Remember, this is Lukey, not Everflight. So, if you like wild ferment, that's fine. (sighs) Okay, we'll say yes, but with reservation here. But yes, Lukey do, but with reservation, big reservation. Fair enough. Go on. Well, that brings us nicely into Conversation Corner. Oh, thank God. Um, where we can discuss this. So, uh, you hate Bacchus. Um, that's that's oh, a yeah. shame. What that's that's, that's the that? What was most it? planted variety in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was the question before Question uh, before that was at one, SO2. at one point for <laughs> Muller Turgau was the most planted grape variety in New Zealand. It didn't stop them doing the right thing, did it? No, it really didn't. Right. <laughs> uh, let's go in order. SO2. Do you want to SO2. do SO2? Look, SO2 has its place. It definitely needs it. Absolutely uh, does. Um, I don't think you need to like have it smelling like a volcano when you open open the bottle. Um, That's reduction. Yeah, but also anyway, um, it, it it definitely needs it, but we we definitely don't need high high amounts of it if you're clever, and you know if you don't block mallow, you don't need lots of it as well. So this is very very true. Um, <laughs> but yes, it's we 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 don't use a lot of it in our wines, um, and. I quite like not using a lot, but anyway, we'll go on to Bacchus now, if you like. Uh, well, I was I was going to go on to Bacchus, but just as, just uh, I I know Lee's got a Chardonnay tasting coming up. Do you want to know the total SO two on that Chardonnay? Because I want to measure my penis here. Yes, please. Yes. 
free of 24. Can you, can you just send me some pictures and I'll, I'll show the crowd tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd, so, th- you'd have to zoom in a lot. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, but what about because this? Because this SO2 is so low. Uh, so free is 24 at bottling mm-hmm. with a total mm-hmm. 61. Uh, Beautiful numbers. Hmm? So that, that <laughs> yeah. qualifies for raw I'd, wine. I know. Under, under, I, I, am, I, am a, I am a low intervention winemaker. <laughs> I hear you're low intervention now, Father. Fuck me. I am so lo-fi. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't think of anything lo-fi quickly this, enough. Uh, this SO2 is free. The ones over there are bonded. <laughs> <laughs> free. So Bonded. Bonded. <laughs> so we've done SO2 and I've now nailed my credentials as lo fi Ferg. Uh cool. So Bacchus, uh, so you hate it. That's a real shame. Because quite a lot of people grow Bacchus. Um you know. you're putting words in my mouth. I don't hate it. All I'm saying is <laughs> I think if you look where the climate is now and where yep. the climate's going. And we obviously know a vineyard takes about five years to get established properly and start yielding properly. Yep. I probably wouldn't plant Bacchus after 2028. Right. I think Maybe that's about right. Especially if you draw a line from, say, Kings Lynn and you draw it all the way to Bristol, anything south of that line, I definitely wouldn't plant Bacchus. Okay. North of it, yeah. But not south. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think you're probably, you're probably right. There's, there's We're quite right. a lot of that backers kicking around. Now. But yeah, look, the yields don't stack up. Um, unless it, it, when I did my research with, with YGB and the yield surveys, it clearly showed that the inconsistency with backers in terms of its yield production. And then we all know the problems it has sometimes in certain climates. And and that we know our climate shifting, so uh, I would plant probably Sauvignon Blanc over over Bacchus in five years' time. Yeah. That that sort of leads me to think: was there this thing with Bacchus? I, I think it was Os Clark that, that said this particular quote. It may not have been him, um, but it was. A, it, it seemed to be a quote that the trade or the English wine industry took to heart, which was, you know, Bacchus will do for England what Sauvignon Blanc did for New Zealand. Um, mm. Has it? done that i think look for now for now for Mm -hmm. this moment in time bacchus is great because it is producing a white wine a floral kind of aromatic white wine that it can be produced at quite a good point price point for the marketplace Mm -hmm. and it is quite consistent ish but and also i literally had one of the best bacchuses i ever tasted about two weeks ago uh, oh, I didn't realize I'd send you a bottle of Liberties. It uh, wasn't wasn't yours. <laughs> oh, shame. <laughs> wasn't yours. Oh, go on, what was it? I don't think you dared let me try yours, funny enough. <laughs> Mate, I'm an open book here. <laughs> um, oh, God, what's Watch your SO2 on that Bacchus, Fergus. <laughs> Fucking drops, oh, Mike. <laughs> do you want to know it? No, not really, I'll, sorry. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, Luke. Whose Bacchus was it? Um, oh, what's it called? It begins with a W. Best backers ever, and you can't even remember the fucking name <laughs> I know, of it. I know. Well, you put me on the spot. Oh, I wasn't was thinking it, of it. R- Roxall. Yes. Um. Yeah, Roxall. Uh, w Y. How do you spell it? X E L L. Is it? 
Wine Time like London just had it on their thing, but they had it at the Rosé. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I saw ah. um, John Mobs. Yeah, I think John Mobs. Posted, posted something with it recently, I'm sure. He's yeah, doing John Mobs has done it back us. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm just trying to find it. I'll find it in a minute. Um, no, it's fine. Yeah, so that uh, yeah, so yeah Bacchus for now is, is is good, but I just think in ten years' time when our climate has shifted even more, mm-hmm. probably probably should be looking more at things like Pinot Gris, Pinot Blanc, mm-hmm. uh, like for white wine we're talking here, obviously for replacements mm. Bacchus, uh, Sauvignon Blanc, and I'll even say Melon Bourgogne. Melon de Bourgogne. I'm wondering when someone would plant some melon. That'd be funny. There is some in the country. Uh, oh, really? Mm. Is it? It's not a. Um, oh, what are they called? The the court garden. Is it court garden? No, they've got it, some weird stuff growing. It's just at the road from mm. here. It's in Kent. Is it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to go and Can't find it. Can't believe that, you huh? don't know about this bug. Oh, me neither. Should we talk about Divico now? <laughs> Divico. Can we just not? No, let's not talk about just it. Just don't fucking do it. It's not nice. It's just purple. It's just purple <laughs> alcohol. I have. Sorry, <laughs> I know this is about you, but <laughs> it's just fucking purple. And they go, oh, isn't it great? You can blend it into your Pinot Noir to make it darker. It's like, no, Pinot but, Noir is light. Make it light. How about yeah. this? Fergie do or Fergie yeah. don't on peewees? Fergie fucking don't. Oh, oh no, no, no. No, sorry. Fergie do peewees, Fergie don't divico. Okay. okay. I love peewees. I think there are some really interesting ones out there. I hate divico. I think it's shit. So I had I had a tank sample of Cabernet Wild the other day. Oh yeah. And I was like, this is good. Like Pin and Tin I've tried before, that's good. Black Book do a really good one with um not, um, I think they use Pinotin in one of their reds, but they also do a white, mm-hmm. and it's a really good peewee that they're using that one. What is it? I can't remember it off the top of my head, but anyway, really good work with that one. But yeah, peewees, mm. peewees are interesting, but Divico's peewees. not interesting, <sighs> yeah, it's bad. It's, it's just, it's just very mediocre. And yeah. you know we're now in a we're now in a position where, if you've got the right site and the right practices in place, you can make really nice Pinot Noir. Yeah, and you can even start looking at things like Cabernet Noir, which does, is nice. Um, yeah, honestly, not joking. Like no. solid Cabernet Noir the other day. Yeah. I, had. I was like, throw this in a barrel, put it in a barrel for nine months, and this will be stellar. Hmm. Absolutely stellar. So yeah, absolutely. And then Pinotin as well. Um, Pinotin's pretty good. Pinotin's pretty good. I yeah, I've tried a couple of Pinotins, but they were all, they were both German, so I, I'm I'm yet to. What's yeah. the, I, haven't, um, I haven't. What what's the what's the parentage of that? That's a variety I'm I'm not familiar with at all. First time I've heard of. It. Uh oh fuck, Pinotin off the top of your head. Uh, is it? I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it because I don't know. I think it's region. Oh, that's disappointing. I used to like Pinotin. What is it? Uh, uh, Pinot Noir and Unknown 
Breeder himself ever announced that a complex cross of Cabernet Sauvignon, Silvana, Riesling, and Pinot Noir. Wow, real high It was a four-way split. Okay. Yeah, it's a that's a big old mess. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, Pinotin. Pinotin's quite interesting. I give you that. Pinotin, I think, has got got some some places to go. But yeah, mm. it's it's yeah difficult. No. In, unless, you're like, unless you're in the far north. In the mm-hmm. far north. Just don't make red wine. Well. Just, just make try. nice floral it, 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 whites. It, 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 it's going back to that thing, isn't it? Of like, don't don't. As we sort of alluded to earlier, with berries, we're talking about acidity and dosage. If if you can't produce it, you know, don't do it. I, I remember when I first started seriously tasting English reds, particularly stuff made with like Rondo, Regent as well. And these wines were so extracted and tough and chewy um, that they were clearly being made to meet the palate of the wines that we know drinkers in the UK like, like, you know, Big Hefty, Malbec and obviously Shiraz, and you're like, but yeah. you can't make that here, so just don't do it because if you do it and it's shit and the consumer tries it, they'll just write off a whole category. Yeah, I mean, that, that's always my fear with with consumers trying UK wine versus mm-hmm. English wine, Welsh wine, yeah. is, is that if they have one bad experience, yeah. they may not revisit that category for maybe one or two, two years. Yeah. And that's that's always my worry, um, you know. I still to oh. this day remember my first English sparkling wine, and it was what was it? Camel Valley Rosé. Right. Was it? Yeah, first one. How did you make? First, what did you like it? Yeah, loved it. Absolutely off the park. Guess what? The second one was, and this is going to blow smoke at someone's ass. It's Balfour. Balfour Rose. was it? My second Rosé wine. Yeah, I, I imagine that was back in the day when you know very talented, skilled. Why uh, making making judge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Master rather than apprentice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you will learn Fucking your Padawin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um anyway. Um so yeah, no, it's yeah, I think you're totally right. That is that is my worry with, with English steel wine. You know, our, our most sparkling is now in this country are fantastic. Yeah. Right. You struggle mm. to come across a bad one. Right. Yeah. Like you really would have to find some obscure producer that's just yeah. like learning on you know going through the early early kind of steps of winemaking or production in terms of grapes to find a bad sparkling wine in this country. I, I believe that now. Yeah. But for still, I still get hit and miss. Probably one out of every four, one out of every five still wines I try yeah. in this country. I'm just like, not there, there was a lot. So I, I, I agree with that completely in, in terms of like, the, I do a lot of consumer focused stuff. That's, that's the bulk. But even before I was, even when I was in the job that I was doing, a lot of that was consumer facing. And if I look at that change in attitude over the last decade, a decade ago, consumers were quite wary of English. This is a very broad brushstroke. They were a bit wary mm-hmm. of English wine. Obviously price was mm-hmm. an issue. That's, that's not gone away. That's another conversation. No, still is Whereas a pr- today cons- consumers are familiar with it and they're really positive. It's very, very rare that I meet someone who goes, no, I've had English one and I didn't like it. The price mm-hmm. thing comes in, but again, that's another conversation. But I think with, with whites, so when I, when I last year when I judged at the IWA, a lot of the still wines, you're just going, this just isn't, it's just not, it's just not good enough. It's not great. Yeah. And the problem is, as you said, if that's the consumer's first taste 
and in their head they're a big Sauvignon Blanc drinker or you know, they're mm. like the you know, the biggest selling wine in the UK is Sauvignon Blanc, isn't it? And and they try something that just doesn't meet what they expect a wine to do, consumers won't always give it a frame of reference and go, Well look, look hang on, this is English, it's still quite new, it's a young producer. They'll just go, That was a waste of money. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and, and we've seen that, you know, if a consumer doesn't like something, they don't go for it. And perfect case in point is sherry. You know, how many people try sherry, you know, they have a really dry one and then go, all sherry is like that and I'll never drink yeah. it again. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think it will get better. I think with, with still wines, it's more important we understand what can be grown and mm-hmm. that we grow it right because there's less process. Like the, the wine quality, the grape quality will come through more. And if you don't have that in the first instance, well, you need a really good winemaker. Nightimber is sorted then. They're all right. Uh, they it's, don't uh, need still wine though, do they? Yeah, yeah. No, I know, but, you know, I've got to get, um, get Nightimber in there. Mike Boyne at Bin 2, who we are contractually obliged to mention every episode, he makes still wine. Yeah, so, I mentioned him for an episode there, or two, actually. There we go, we We've, we've mentioned um, well that's folks not that. another um, one luke sorry um in terms of pinot noir yeah. you know what 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 are your thoughts on precoce i mean look uh i think it's 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 good i think again we need it um i think it helps in a difficult year when we need a bit of color injected yeah. if we, if you are going to go for red mm-hmm. i wouldn't necessarily make a red wine out of 100% precoce Mm-hmm. It is Pinot Noir, though, isn't it? Yes, it, it's a mutation. It's a fe- so. <laughs> if I'm going to get into my genetics properly here, it's a phenotype mutation of Pinot Noir that's done on the German. So they've basically got it to early ripen through mm-hmm. breeding process, and taking it off a, off off a ta- on a tangent because Mernier is actually a mutation of Pinot Noir as well. So Basically, a, what I'm hearing, Ferg, is that it is Pinot Noir. So it's not Pinot fucking Noir. Pinot Noir, though. It, it just doesn't taste like... It doesn't yeah. taste like Pinot Noir, though, it does it? It doesn't taste like Pinot Noir, and that's the problem. Um, <laughs> it, it definitely doesn't taste yeah. like Pinot Noir, but it does yeah, have it a good... It color. might bark like a dog, but it doesn't look like one, does <laughs> nah, it? Nah. Um, <laughs> no. Um, but look, it's, it's, it serves a purpose, and I do think it's got a place mm-hmm. uh, more so than maybe you know peewees do in some some parts of this country. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, yeah. Look, yeah. I think look. I if think you, if you want to like go about what's what's going to be planted or what I think should be planted, literally look mm-hmm. at Loire Valley. Everything mm-hmm. that's planted in the Loire Valley should be able to be planted in this country within the next ten years. I, what I'm hearing there is a big shout out for Cabernet Franc, which is one of the greatest uh, yep. on and this planet. You, yeah, it's in this country. Um, Rob uh, at White Castle. White Castle has got yep. some, and in his little amazing microclimate, I reckon he can do it. Yeah, so I, I really look forward to tasting that with Rob at some point. He had his, his sort of first proper harvest of it last year, didn't he? I think he, yeah. he got some fruit off it. Yeah, um, so very does. very excited about that. Yeah, see what he does. We nearly planted an Everflight. We right. can clap. Okay. Um, and then we decided to stick in Gamay instead. Okay. But yeah, we, we came close. It was literally yeah. on my first drawing yeah. of 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 because I've still got all my drawings from Everflight when I was mapping it all out for it, Ben and Sam. Oh, wow. Um 
Cav Frank was in there, um, yeah. but we took it out. We had also had, we had a Pee Wee in the, in the first in, in there as well, but we took that. Oh out. yeah, which one? Uh, souvenir Green. Oh uh, yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard that, that might be quite nice. Pretty good. Might be able to even do a rosé with it. Mm. Or blend it into a rosé. Could be quite yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That could what, be fun. What's, what's coming out here, but, you know, we're, we're preaching to the choir here how exciting English wine is. But when you, you dive into it just a little bit more, as, as we, we've done here, you go, we've got this stuff that sells that consumers like. There's still a lot of work. We need to sell a lot more of it. But we've got sparkling consumers have familiarity with English wine. There's a lot of positivity there's always work to do with consumers, always. How it, you know, even Argentine Malbec still has to do work with consumers. But if you can get that right and get that moving, underneath all this stuff you can do with these you know, great varieties we've never tried before in the UK, great varieties nobody's even heard of, how exciting that is for this industry in the next decade or two and, and beyond. It's just absolutely thrilling. I think yeah. you kind of hit the nail on the head, the issue is the consumer. They're dicks, aren't they? <laughs> can't fucking stand them oh, Lee do you want to go and talk to the general public do I bollocks no they are awful things how but, do you like your wine oh I like it when it's fruity fuck off then honestly we're, we're trying to make something here of artistic merit and value oh have you not got anything for seven pounds no uh, uh, yeah. it's not that I dislike yeah, it's, it's that I dislike people. It's exactly that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I can't, I can't if we're If we're really frank. Awful um, <laughs> Should we do another round of Lukey Do, Lukey Don't? Oh my God, there's another I'm, round. I'm going to start putting Fergie Do, Fergie Don't in every now and then, I think. And that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you go, you go ahead, mate. Because I, 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 I wear my heart on my sleeve. I say it how it is. And, and, and all the other things that blowhards say. Um <laughs> This section, Luke, is called legislation. <laughs> just for the, uh, just to clarify, because this is an audio experience, Luke is now having a complete breakdown. Yeah, He's done off. so well to say nothing too controversial <laughs> thus far. So I'm going to go straight in. Sustainable wines of Great Britain. Lukey do, Lukey don't. <laughs> I've never seen a human being hold the breath this long. Uh, <laughs> now I know why I would never make a good politician. Um, <laughs> I would say I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Luke, you don't at the moment. I'd say Luke, you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Good. Save Al in the PDO. <sighs> I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this on you at some point. Um, oh, I don't. I don't <laughs> doubt you will, <laughs> uh, Lukey. Look, Lukey, don't. Lukey, don't. That's fine. A lot of people grow so far. Uh, Why'd you be Rising Star Awards? <sighs> I think Lukey do, but also. Through gritted teeth, because I'm ten years over the bloody age limit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have. I... Mind you, it was kind of around for the southeast because I'd won it. I won wine wine grower of the year. Well, at least someone's won something. I've yeah, never won anything. Bloody lucky. Anyway, go on. 
say Leaky Deal. Uh, so you said Leaky Deal and Rising Stars. I, 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 I think I think you're probably right about no, that. Uh, what have I got left in legislation? Sorry, just flicking through my notes. Uh, I've got Juicy. Oh, yeah, Luke, you definitely don't. No, no, no. No, no. amen, brother. Uh, and then I've got a section that just says HASAP? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> oh. oh, Christ. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, don't. No, no. Uh, because obviously, as a you know, food production mm-hmm. officers, he must have legally a HACCP plan of some description, mm-hmm. of course. So, yeah, Luke, you do. Yeah, uh, on, do. on on the back of these questions about legislation, I'm I'm, I'm never keen that we just ape what somebody else does because I think it's best to be the first of something rather than to copy something else. But there are there are lots of things that the French have done in terms of wine and legislation and laws and communication and all of that that have been so great and they've been copied in other places to great effect because they've, they've kind of it's like a bit like when uh, Les Paul designed the Gibson Les Paul you know seventy years ago and everybody's gone well we don't need to do anything to that but it works um, obviously in I will get to a point don't worry um, in about forty minutes. Um, in Chateau Neuf de Pape, obviously they have the legislation, uh, and it's enshrined in law that um, an unidentified flying object cannot land in the demarcated region of Chateau Neuf de Pape. Do you think that's something we need in English one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always already landed. If, if we do need it, and a, an alien spaceship, which would clearly be from a far superior advanced technology to ours, how would you plan on enforcing it? <laughs> Just give them some different code to piss off. <laughs> It's uh, alright, you know, you just you just get you just send um, Mark and Tony out there to explain the Sussex PDO to them one more time. <laughs> no, no, you can land over there. <laughs> it's the perfect size for two glasses of wine each at lunch. <laughs> send them a survey that only tells them what the fuck off. <laughs> but, but, but just but, but only get a completed response from like a third of people you've sent it to, but put those out as the official figures anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, was... you've worked for the wine GB before. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're an um... hour. We're an hour and ten minutes in. No one will get to this point. It's fine. No, no, uh, they, they no. won't get to ten minutes in. To be honest, I mean, at the start of this, you said you'd listened to a previous episode. I assumed you'd never listened to us before, which is why you agreed to come on. Um, I mean, there was there was twenty minutes of scone chat. It was. <laughs> yeah, we've not done enough on that. Um, Berg, <laughs> no, are, are, you, are you finished with Lukey Do Lukey Don't? Because I I, I have a, a, a short game. I am I am finished with Lukey Do Lukey Don't. We've 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 established. I'd like to go over the the the, the York notes on Lukey Do Lukey Don't. Um, just so we know. So Luke doesn't like cream. Uh, that was the big takeaway from the life section. Not a fan of cream. Also doesn't yeah. like flat whites. Does cook a roast. Uh, on people, he likes everyone, especially John Pollard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wines, uh, he understands that SO2 is required. Doesn't like Bacchus. Doesn't like Divico. Uh, thinks wild ferment's interesting. Dosage as little as possible, please. 
uh, in the legislation section. Um, yeah, we'll leave that. Um, <laughs> look, look, because you nah. actually we should we should we should discuss um, rising stars because I think it's a really good initiative that needs more people to enter people into it so uh-huh. that it becomes better than it is. Also, it needs to take off the ridiculous age limit because this is the sort of industry where people are coming in on second careers. Uh, yeah, exhibit so, exhibit fucking A. Yeah, so I, I, um, I got into Ridgeview. I was 30 when I got into Ridgeview. So hmm. I got into Ridgeview in... No, I was, no, I was 29. I was 29. No, I was. I was 30. I was 30. I, got, I joined Ridgeview at 2015. So I was already hmm. outside of the age category for this. And I, I would posit that you're not really doing... If you're in your 20s and you're good enough to be considered for a rising star, then you are one hell of a winemaker or viscoculturalist. Like, you're basically Tommy you, Grimshaw. You're basically Tommy Grimshaw. You, you, are, you have to be making fairly big calls to be able to be defined as a rising star. If you're really good at pruning, that's great, but that doesn't mean you're going to be really good at managing vineyards. Hey, look. Pruning, like pruning, you 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 fuck up pruning. I love your vineyard. Fucking love pruning. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm I'm saying I'm I'm saying that to be a rising star, I think, is a more holistic thing. It's not a particular. It's not a talent in one very specific area. It's an understanding of of a whole. So are you no? say, hang on. So are you saying they have to be either? And they can't be a vineyard manager or a vineyard or a winemaker. They have to be a junior role to be a rising star because they shouldn't be the absolutely package yet. Well, I, I mean, agree. It's that. more. That's surely what a rising. Think, it'd be like rookie yeah. of the year, wouldn't it? In, yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it'd be it'd be ridiculous if someone like Josh Donahue fires one rising star <laughs> <laughs> after being head winemaker at Chapel Down for fifteen years now, or however long it is. Yeah, you know that mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't work. But I think no, you need to be. Although some people hmm? would say now she is the star because she's now just become head winemaker at Gospel. So but yeah. she, I think she fits the age category. I think she's in inside the age category. Oh no, another fucking head winemaker who's younger than me. This yeah, is yeah. not. This is not what I fucking signed I'm, up for, I'm mate. Pretty sure she's definitely younger than you, mate. I mean, it's becoming more and more common. Uh, <laughs> weird that time. Yeah. So no, I, I think I think basically, if you if you've got a senior, if you're in a senior role. And you probably probably shouldn't be a rising star unless you've only no. just got into it. Like if you're one yeah. year into it, then yeah, cool. Yeah, but and um, and possibly definitely raise it to thirty-five at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was what I wanted to cover. I wasn't. I I think you know, SWGB will will is is a whole episode. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it needs work. It, yeah. It's got good intentions, just needs a bit of work. It does have good intentions, and I think we can all agree on that. Yep. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Lee, you had a game. 
I do, I do. Uh, so, Luke, you, you won't have had a chance to, to listen to it yet um, because the episode doesn't drop until after we're recording this, although when people listen to this, that episode will already have dropped. So already what I've said makes no sense to anybody, <laughs> not even me. Just the words are spilling out now. What would you, what I'm trying to ascertain, I'm trying to work out who, who the, not the key figures are, but who like really knows what they're doing in English wine. So uh, I did this with Tommy against Ferg last week, and it turns out that uh, Tommy is a better winemaker than Fergus, conclusively proved uh, based on the yeah. evidence of responses given to my questions. Um, Amazingly, so, my winery got washed out to sea. Yeah, uh, and the vineyards as well. Um, yeah. But, but um, and, okay. and again, I, my technical knowledge is nowhere near yours at all, so um, you, you, hopefully you'll see the gist of my kind of uh, wine-based questions. Um, you're growing some Chardonnay at your site. Uh, it's looking a bit too vigorous. How do you resolve that? I mean, you take the leaves off for a start. Get, get open the canopy. Is this like, are we, are we wanting serious answers here? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just, you know, just a snapshot. It's, well, it's taken us an hour and a quarter, like a but we actually would like to know. hear... <laughs> 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 We'd actually like to talk about this culture now. Okay. Uh, Over a Chardonnay, get the canopy open, give it a trim on the top. Um, probably, well, no, give it a trim on the sides, don't give it a trim on the top, because if you give it on the trim on the top, it'll probably get even more vigorous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just back off on any foliar feeds or anything that you're doing. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Fergus, you get to yep. the winery one day, and Richard mm-hmm. Balfour-Lynn hasn't paid the bill, so the gravity has been turned off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and everything's just floating around how do you fix <laughs> yeah. this that's okay because I, I i actually am a big believer in um gravity fed wineries uh so having <laughs> having the gravity turned off i would use to my advantage by turning all my tanks upside down um and then using them to scoop up the wine that's sort of floating in gobules mm. around the winery, mm. uh, and then and then I'd use compressed air to push that wine into the bottles. Yeah, clutching it, clutching at straws. I mean, you know, manually. I thought that was pretty tank, good. Manually I mean, handling a tank on your own, those things are fucking pretty, massive. Pretty good problem solving there. I'm going to give him that one. Mm. Okay, and and okay. There's, it's zero gravity, mate. Those tanks very, all they weigh nothing. Very generous. Very generous. <laughs> To see you with a massive um, tank over your head. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, you're uh, you're out there um, doing the viticulturing as you do, and you notice there uh, appears to be a new family of badgers have moved into the area, which would obviously pose a huge huge threat to ripening fruit. How would you how would you deal with those? Strobe lights uh, and aspirin. <laughs> Strobe lights and aspirin. Yeah. Just, just for you, or, or for the bad? What I'm hearing is you're going to have a rave. <laughs> no, they don't like strobe lights, and you can actually get badger deterrents, which are strobe lights, and then they're activated. So what you can actually see in the field is like this kind of disco kind of rave going on. Um, I will be setting it up this year, so I might get a helicopter over as well, thinking from the police, thinking it's an unauthorised rave. There's a huge, there's a huge opportunity here for a, a silent rave in the vineyards, and yeah. you're getting rid of badges simultaneously yeah. for for the badges. So, so it's a revenue stream, another revenue stream. That is a big tip. Um, Fergus, 
you you don't realise, but somebody has replaced your SO2 tanks with nitrous oxide. Jamie Good's been in tasting, and he's rolling around on the floor in fits of hysterical laughter. How are you going to solve oh, this sorry. problem? Because because Tesco have just turned up to do an audit. Um, I would write a letter uh, to the auditor explaining the circumstances that I've just found myself in, um, apologising for wasting their time, and then offer them a meal deal. Yeah, you've not you've not you've not dealt with the situation. You've not you've not sorted out the SO two supply. You've not dealt with Dr. Jamie Good. Um, sorry, Ferg, yeah, absolute well, shambles, mate. Well, absolutely. Luckily, shambles. Jamie anyway, Jamie's my mate, uh, so uh, it'll all be fine. <laughs> oh, we're all friends with Dr. Jamie oh, Good. Friends with Jamie Good. Oh, friends. Uh, Luke, fi- final question, quite a broad one. This uh, you've got clay soils. Uh, you want to be planting some some Pinot Noir. You can choose your clone. It's up to you. What are your considerations for root stocks? Ooh, good uh, one. What? It's easy. Clay, SO4, mm-hmm. probably 309, 3309. Or if you want to go there crazy, yeah. uh, 5BB. If you want to go a little bit crazy. Have you Downtown. got Pino on 5BB? No, but I'd love to see what no. it does. I'd be interested. Yeah. I've had I, 3309 I'd, I would be my... Go to that. I, it seems to respire about half a gram of that extra it acid. Just about the, just, the only problem with three three hundred nine is it doesn't like like water in clay. No, oh, it's clay. Oh. It doesn't like water in clay. So if you've got top of hill, like yeah, if you're on the top of the hill, fine. If you're at the bottom of the hill or flat, yeah. What if what if like the rave is going on and you just give it a couple of poppers? <laughs> I mean that would that would definitely help with the drainage. Yeah. <laughs> well, very good, very good. I'll take that. Some 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 good rootstock chat. Uh, Ferg, final question. Uh, you are losing yeah. two, what well, three to one here. Um, you wake up mm-hmm. in the morning and your legs have turned into trombones. <laughs> <laughs> but you need to get to the winery to start bottling. Yeah, how are you going to deal with this? Uh, that's okay because luckily I live at the top of the hill and the winery is at the bottom of the hill. Uh, I would I would uh, use my trombones as a form of sled and attach myself to an oncoming car and drag myself <laughs> down the hill. No, but the, the trombones would be like vertical, not horizontal. Like otherwise, you're just risking further injury here. Well, no, I, I'm just I'm I'm, yeah. I'm relying yeah, on the nothing. trombone being slightly rusty. And that by, by standing on it, it'll just it'll just grind out the rust. I think you should just run because it'd be like hur, 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 hur. <laughs> <laughs> all the way. Um, brilliant, Ferg. In in so our second time of, of trying this, uh, and Ferg, you've come second again. Luke, well done. Three for three. Clearly, know what you're doing. Thanks. Excellent. I got a point this time. You did get a point this year. You didn't get any points last time, did you? No, I didn't get a single point so, against Tommy, did I? Getting better. Um, Next episode, you'll get two. Yeah. That's it. I mean, go. my winery did get washed out to sea last time, so that was fun. Well, I mean, last time we, we t- talked about just putting a winery on a boat and floating around doing it. <laughs> yeah, this is true. So, uh, that and was that wasn't thing. even do- that wasn't even an ironic conversation, was it? So no, um, no, that was that was that was post gone pre Tommy Do, I think. It was. Um, it was. Yeah. Um, now, I suppose I, I, I'd finish on this point. Uh, as you know, I, I was um, very generously invited down to Everflight. 
uh, last autumn to help with a bit of harvesting. Uh, and we have a lot of evidence that uh, every time I get involved in harvesting anywhere, the wines always turn out to be fucking brilliant. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about your 23 yet. It'd be fine. All right. 23 is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> 23 is good. You'll get to do it soon if you come to the next tasting. Oh, I'll be there. I'm show show my base wines off. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't I'm, wait. I'm available. No, I've not had an invite yet, Fergus. I've had, I've had that. I, mate, I, on a weekend I, as well. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get invites. Hey, look, if you, want, if you want to let Balfour pubs and restaurants and bars start serving Everflight as a second listing to Balfour, then we'll have a chat. I, th- I, I think things. that's really what they need, to be Spice honest. Spice up your list a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Spice up my list. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've already got a zero dosage wine on the list. So. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. <Is that>? No. <laughs> Wait, well, ain't one of mine, is it? No. <laughs> oh, no, my magnums oh. are all at zero, actually. I'll have you know. So, because they're still in cellar? No. Oh. no they're out. Oh, 318s. Yeah. Okay. They're delicious. Brilliant. Uh, thank you very much, Brilliant. Luke. Pleasure. Um, this has been. Fabulous. It's been it's been a great episode. Um, I'm and at no stage will you cut off, so you clearly managed to walk that line. Um, <laughs> yeah. No fuses were turned off. <laughs> no. Uh, it's it's impressive. She can't hear any of this, and will kill me next time when this gets aired. Yeah, in, in three weeks' time when this okay, comes to so air. In three weeks' time from now, Fogus, I disappear from the face of the earth. You know I'll know why. Yeah, um, that's it. Actually, hey, so, now, just because you got that in there, that was something I, I wanted to share um, from my experiences of tasting Everflight. The value of your wines, because we people get caught up with they confuse cheap and value, and that's not the same thing. Um, and, and the pricing structure on Everflight's wines, the, the the reward you get for that, the sheer quality of these wines, is extraordinary. Um, fabulous, fabulous. So I, I bought. Um, a case of the brute when I was there. Uh, had a bottle Christmas Day. Um, went down an absolute treat. Tremendous value. Tremendous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cracking wines. That, that is, that is as I think I said on the day, that is probably the best thing we keep on hearing is is yeah. that they, people are getting a lot of wine for their money. Yeah, which is definitely that's great. And, and it's, it's nice to see English visit that sort of price point. Just brilliant. Yeah, we will be putting brilliant. prices up soon. Because oh, we yeah. are running out of wine. Yeah. And you've been on TM and TM, so I mean... Yeah, it's going to sell out. You, you know, you're yeah. going to oh, have to pay for your therapy somehow. <laughs> <laughs> all the lawsuits that come in my way. Yeah, all the lawsuits that are, that are about to ensue. Um, now, Luke, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for your time yeah. coming on um, and, and, and playing along. But... Um, yeah, huge, huge fan of, of the work you're doing. The, the wines of flight, just brilliant. And, Thank you. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing you to next month trying the best wines. And, uh, yeah, really, really appreciate you spending your Monday evening with this pair of clowns. Lovely. Thank yeah. you very much. No, no, like yeah, yeah, actually, that's we should we should all meet up and, and taste some nice Everflight. We should um, do a lot of yes, tasting and try not to be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you Let's know, always a pleasure. Goes. Yep. All right. Uh,
Looking forward awesome. to uh, dinner at the Anchor on the 20th. That'll be really nice. Um, your shout, yeah. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Take care, man. See you later. Bye. Cheers, man. Great interview with Luke. Um, you know, he's, mm. he's he's fabulous at what he does. He's, he's brilliant at communicating it. He's just, just such a key figure in our industry, to be honest. And it just really interesting approach to, to grape growing. Um, and a really, a really sort of, what's the pragmatic, um, but yes. also, also sort of his foundations are very solid. Yeah. As well, which is nice. Measured, uh, thoughtful, know, reasoned. Yeah. Seems to be a lot yeah, of people no. like this in English wine. It's good news. Yeah. It's a bit of a relief because, you know, you need more people like that to counteract the wankers like me. Um, so. That's not what I was going to go with wankers, but I wasn't going to go with you, actually. Oh, so, um, okay. yeah. Uh, not that an English winery didn't want to interview me with a job uh, at all, but fuck them. So, um, anyway... Just, just to be clear, that wasn't that wasn't my English winery. No, it wasn't um, your English winery. No, absolutely. Nor was it Luke's English winery. Not no, that, not no. It, but you know, ah! a bunch of wine. Sorry, I was so, just. Are you alright then? I was just. So yeah, no. Uh, stand on your foot. No, some fowl just got into the got into the bedroom. I'm glad you didn't yeah. chicken out of these ponds. Never am I going to duck the opportunity to. <laughs> <laughs> Before we record, have you got anything exciting coming up? Personal. Uh, Beth and I are going ring shopping. Excellent. It sounds like it's going to be an expensive day out. Was it yeah. three, three times your annual salary or something you're supposed to spend? I think that's that right? what you're supposed to spend on an engagement ring, but I don't yeah. think it's three times your annual. I think it's three quarters of your annual. Oh, is it? Oh, that's why I told Bethan. So, um... <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that would yeah. explain the look of utter disappointment on her face when she saw how teeny tiny the rock was. Um, yeah. Not to yeah. be confused with something else. Uh... <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's that. Uh, great episode. I think we should call it a day here. Brilliant. Thanks for listening, yeah. as always. See you or always hear a you. pleasure, mate. You will hear us next week. Brilliant. Yep. Yeah. See you on the internet next week. Ciao, bella. Arrivederci. Bye. See ya.